0: Well, I want you to go ahead and turn your Bibles this morning to 1 John chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3, beginning in verse 23. We're continuing to look at the evidences of salvation and how can we know uh, that we're truly saved and we can know that we're truly saved by uh, the, the, the Word of God, what the Word of God has to tell us and by the fact that we placed our faith and our trust in uh, Jesus Christ. So 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13 says, somebody want to say it for me this morning? Oh, come on now. I put you on the spot, didn't I? I write these things unto those who believe in the name of the Son of God, that they may know that they have eternal life. I saw a hand go up back there at the last minute, but uh, we'll get you next week. How's that sound? So as we look at this, I want you to memorize that verse. Very, very important verse within the Bible of 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13. And so that's how we know is by the things that the Apostle John has written. And so with those things that the Apostle John has written, not just those things, but the entirety of the Word of God, but we're specifically looking looking at 1 John, and so these things I have written to you, he says, so that you may know that you have eternal life, but how do you ultimately know that you have eternal life? Is because you have believed in the name of the Son of God, and you have, when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, when you place your faith and your trust in Him, then you're going to have these evidences within your life, and again, I will just remind you and just want to emphasize that it's not these evidences that let us know that we have eternal life. These are just the evidences. These are not the means. The means is belief. The means is faith. It is faith in the person of Jesus Christ. And so as we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and certain things happens within our life, something that happens to us within our life is Jesus comes to live within us. Jesus comes to abide with us and we abide with him and we have that personal relationship with him. And as we have that personal relationship with with Him, we then begin to walk like Him. We then begin to talk like Him. We then begin to emulate the person of Jesus Christ. You ever seen somebody, you know, they start hanging out with somebody long enough, they start to act like that person. Amen? That, that a person's personality, they might have the dominant personality and in that dominant personality, that personality begins to rub off on that individual. Now sometimes that's good, sometimes that's not so good. But when we look at that, sometimes... You know, you even have uh, uh, individuals. You know, I heard somebody talk a while back that uh, you know I've, I've kind of been seeing them all my life. They're they're a superstar, they're a singer, they're a famous per person, and they they moved off. I haven't paid any attention to them in many many years because I didn't really think they were uh, all that famous anymore. And so then I I just so happened to see a video of them floating along there, and I clicked on it, and that individual that was born and raised in the United States and sang music in the United States, really all over the world. Uh, has been living over in Europe uh, for a while, apparently. I don't really keep track of this person. But now, you know what? They have an English accent. <laughs> now, growing up in the, in the 80s, they didn't have a, an, an English accent, but now I listen to them, they have an English accent. I guess it's rubbed off on them. And so, you know, when we begin to look at that, you know, Jesus ought to rub off on those who are walking on him, uh, walking uh, with him, rather. And so as we look at that, if Jesus is not rubbing off on us, if Jesus is not influencing us, if Jesus is not impacting us, then we really have to ask ourselves the question, do we have a genuine walk with the person of Jesus Christ? Amen. Do we have a genuine walk with Him? Because if we do, then our identity ought to more and more and more look like and act like and walk like and talk like the person of Jesus Christ. One John chapter three, beginning in verse twenty-three, says, "This is the commandment that if we believe in the name of the Son of Jesus uh, of His Son Jesus Christ and love one another." just as he has commanded us, the one who keeps his commandments abides in him and he in him. We know by this that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. And so he said, well, there again, he's talking about the commandments again. We've already talked about the commandments again. And yes, as we have talked about the commandments and we looked at one of those as being uh, one of the identifying factors of whether or not an individual knows jesus christ as his lord and savior uh first john chapter 2 and um uh verse 3 by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments and so there John is repeating it but here he's giving a little bit more depth to it he's giving a little bit more depth to it because now he's showing the way uh, the reason why we keep those commandments is because we're abiding in the person of Jesus Christ and so as he says this as he says it in verse 23 there in chapter 3 he says this is his commandment so this is the commandment commandment of Jesus Christ. This is his commandment that he says right here. That we believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another just as he commanded us. So let's just stop right there for just a minute. You say, well wait a minute. That's not the commandment that Jesus gave. What is the commandment that Jesus gave? Jesus gave the commandment. He said that we're to love the Lord our God with all of our heart with all of our soul and with all of our mind. That is the commandment that Jesus gave. And then he said, uh, the second one is likened to it and that we love our neighbors just as ourselves and so how is it then that the apostle John is now saying that this is the commandment that we believe in the name of his son and so added to that and this is the commandment that we love one another just as he commanded well we see the love one another part because Jesus did say that we love our neighbor just as ourselves but how is it that John is now saying that this is the commandment that we believe in the name of his son when it's actually what Jesus said was, is the commandment was that we love the Lord our God with all of our heart and with all of our soul and with all of our mind. So is the Apostle John contradicting the Lord Jesus Christ? And I will say absolutely not. In fact, as we're going to see, the Apostle John is affirming the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not that they need any affirmation, but the reality is is he's affirming exactly what Jesus Christ says But he's putting it into the perspective that we do not have within ourselves the ability to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind, apart from believing on the person of Jesus Christ and apart from Jesus abiding in us and living within us and us being in Him and abiding in Him. We don't have that ability. There is nothing within us that is capable of doing that. There is nothing in us that's even willing to do that within our lives to love the Lord our God with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind apart from our personal faith in Jesus Christ which then results into a personal walk with Jesus Christ and if we don't have that personal faith we don't have that personal walk and if we don't have that personal walk then Jesus is never going to influence or impact our life in any way shape or form and not only that, we're not not only are we not going to love God, we're certainly not going to love our neighbor as ourself. Who are we going to love? We're going to love ourselves. It's going to be about me, myself, and I. That's going to be the law that's the lost person's holy trinity right there. Me, myself, and I. All about themselves. All about what benefits them. All about what's good for them. All about what they want to do. All about where they want to go. All about their dreams, their goals, their visions, their aspirations. All about what suits them and is beneficial for them. That is the Holy Trinity of the lost person, me, myself, and I. Amen? And so as we look at this, And as we looked at last week, if we're truly a born-again believer, then we're going to keep His Word demonstrating the fact that Jesus Christ truly is the Lord of our life. We're no longer the Lord of our life, so it's no longer about me, myself, and I. It is about the person of Jesus Christ, and it is about the person of Jesus Christ alone. It's not about what I want to do. It's about what He wants me to do. It's not about my dreams. It's about His, his, his uh, uh, goals and His callings and His work and His visions and His uh, direction within my life. I repent of all that. Of and so when we understand this, we begin to recognize this and get a glimpse of what it is that, that the Apostle John is saying he's affirming the words of Jesus Christ, he's, com- he's affirming the commandment of Jesus Christ, and the fact that only through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ are we going to have a love for God, and only through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ are we going to have a true sacrificial love for other people. And so when we begin to recognize this, he says, the one who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him. Well, isn't this just repeating what he said there in chapter 2? No, it's not, because he goes deeper right there. Right here he says, we know by this that he abides in us, and by the Spirit whom he has given us. So now he's kind of putting the the, the the nuts and bolts together, right? We know by this, that he abides in us by his spirit that is within us. We're going to talk more about the spirit in a couple of weeks. But as we look at this today, we're looking about our identity in the person of Jesus Christ. And when we recognize this, when you look at Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2 tells us something Uh, very interesting. As we look at Ephesians chapter 2 beginning in verse 1, it tells us who we are before Christ and it tells us who we are in Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 beginning in verse 1 says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. You were dead. You were dead. You were separated from God by your trespasses and sins, by the sins within your life. It has separated you from a holy God because sin cannot come into the presence of a holy God. And so you're dead. You're spiritually dead. Your body might be alive. Everything physically about you might be in order, but spiritually you're dead, and spiritually you're separated from God. You were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. So who is the prince of the power of the air? Who is the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience? That's satan and he said you were walking with him just as every son of disobedience today is walking with him before you were saved you were walking with the prince of the power of the air you were walking with the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience before you were saved before your conversion that's where you are said, no wasn't yes you were And you might not have called yourself a Satan follower or a Satan worshipper or you know somebody that pursues Satan, but friends, that's exactly where you were. We all were. Is what he says right here. Then he goes on in verse three, talking about the sons of disobedience, and with them uh, and among them, we all too. Every one of us, friends, we all too, all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, Then we were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest of us. Every one of us pursuing the lusts of the flesh. Again, the me, myself, and I, what I want to do, a child that is innate, that has the nature of wrath. That's our nature, that's our heart, that's our passion prior to coming to know Jesus Christ. That's your nature, that is your heart, that is your passion before coming to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That is who you are. Then he goes on to say in verse 4, beginning to let us know who we are now that we come to know Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4 says, But God being rich in mercy, all praise God for his mercy. Amen. Because every single one of us deserve wrath, hell, and damnation because of where we were prior to coming to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. But He gives us mercy. He gives all of us mercy. But God being rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. So what's happened right here? Even while we were in our transgressions, what did he do? He made us alive. But not only did he make us alive, he made us alive together with Christ. So what happens when you come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? You? you become alive. Amen? Amen. But not only do you become alive, you come together with Jesus Christ. By grace, you are saved. You go on to the next verse right there and raises us raises us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now I want you to know that that text of Scripture right there is using present and past tense to those who have been saved. He he, he raised, He's using past tense, rather, raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus what did he do when we the first thing he did when we came to know Jesus Christ as our, as our lord and savior we became alive and then when we became alive we came together with Christ Jesus and then in past tense he raised us up and in past tense he seated us with Christ Jesus that's not a future thing that's going to be one day someday when we we all get the glory when all of God's singers come home. Amen. Yes there's going to be a bodily resurrection. Yes there's going to be a resurrection. And yes if you're to die right now and those who have died before us to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Absolutely. But if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior you are in Him right here right now today and He is in you right here right now today. Not just a future tense but a past tense did it happen the moment you were saved? Amen? The moment you were saved. You know, it's interesting as we begin to think about this. Who is Jesus? Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Amen? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God he is God there is absolutely no doubt I get amazed at the fact that people who the, the people who try to deny the deity of Jesus Christ when the scripture is not just clear about the deity of Jesus Christ the scripture is extraordinarily clear about the deity of Jesus Christ so what does that mean and by the way the Holy Spirit's God too and he lives in you as well again we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks but you know, as, as folks say, well, I'm not sure whether or not I'm getting uh, whether or not I got saved. And so, what you're really saying is, I'm not sure uh, whether or not the God of all heaven and the God of all earth, the God of wonders, I'm not sure if the Creator of heaven and earth and the sustainer of heaven and earth entered into my life or not. Now, let that sink in for just a minute. I'm not real sure. Friend, if God enters into your life, you should be absolutely sure about that. Amen. Amen? Amen? We've had thieves come along. There I was, and I'm a sound sleeper. My wife's been there with the nursery right now. She's not a sound sleeper, she, she'll hear a mouse. Crawling across the roof in the other side of the house, and she'll wake me up. Did you hear that? No, I was sleeping. We've literally had the alarm go off and it not wake me up. House alarm and it not wake me up. She'd have to wake me up. I'm a sound sleeper. I could sleep through a bomb, I believe. And so, that being said, I've been asleep in that house over there and had people right out here in the parking lot stealing stuff off our bus. (laughs) And I feel kind of bad about that, but they're they're, they're sneaking up there and they're, you know, stealing stuff and they're right out there in the yard and I don't know anything about it. But I promise you, if they come in my house, I'm going to know about it. Amen? Amen? I'm going to know they're there. If they enter into my room, I'm going to definitely know that they're there. Amen? If they come upon me, there's going to be no doubt. I know they're there. You ought to know Jesus is there. Amen? You ought to know beyond any shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ is there. He's in your heart. He's in your life. He is present and accounted for within your life. And so when we begin to look at that and we begin to understand and see what it is that the Apostle John is saying, he says, we know by this, that this is the we know part, we know by this, that he abides in us, (laughs) that he abides in us. He is in us, and we are in Him. I want you to turn somewhere else. I want you to turn to John chapter 15. And so as we turn to John chapter 15, what we're finding right here is the words of Jesus Christ Himself. And so as we see the words of Jesus Christ, very familiar passage of Scripture to you. I preached on it before. And so when we look at this and begin to understand this, uh, we we find John chapter 15 beginning in verse 1. Here it is that Jesus said, I am the vine. And my father is the vine dresser, every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away, then every branch that bears fruit he prunes it, so that it may bear more fruit, and you are ready to be clean because of the word or you are already clean, rather because of the word which I have spoken to you, abide in me, that in that I and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself and let it lest it abides in the vine, so neither can in you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him he bears much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone that does not abide in me he is thrown away as a branch and dries up and they gather him and they cast him into the fire and they are burned. But if you abide in me and my word abides in you ask whatever you wish and It will be done. You know, when you read through that text of Scripture, and when you read through the entirety of it, you know how many times the word abide is mentioned? Ten times. Do you think Jesus was trying to get a point across? The point that He was trying to get across is the fact that we need to abide in Him. He is the vine and we are the branches. And so when you begin to recognize the fact that He is the vine and we are the branches, you know, the vine can live totally, perfectly fine. The vine can thrive apart from the branches, but the branches cannot live apart from the vine. The vine can grow more branches that will then produce more fruit, but the But the the branch by itself cannot survive on its own and therefore cannot bear fruit on its own. The branch can do absolutely nothing on its own. Everything, all of the nutrients, all of the water, everything that that branch receives comes directly from the vine. And if the vine dies, then the branch dies. But if the vine is healthy, then the branch is going to be healthy. And if we're not healthy, we don't have anybody to blame but ourselves, because the vine is Jesus Christ. And if we're abiding in Him, Jesus said, you will bear fruit. In fact, look at verse 4 right there. He said, abide in me, and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in me, unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. Then let's look at verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. So as we lose, we can't keep the commandments of God apart from abiding in Jesus Christ. We can't love God with all of our heart and with all of our soul and all of our mind apart from abiding in Jesus Christ. We can't love our neighbors just like ourselves apart from abiding in Jesus Christ. Friends, you can't even read the Word of God and properly understand it apart from abiding in Jesus Christ. We must abide in the person of Jesus Christ in every single area of our lives. So we look at this, begin to understand this. Ten times it was there that Jesus said, Abide in me in John chapter 15. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 18 says, Even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but every corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Jesus also said Matthew chapter 7, You know a tree by the fruit it bears. So if you're looking at that fruit, and it's evil fruit, it's because they're abiding in what is evil. And you look at that tree, and it's bearing good fruit, they're abiding in what is good. And if we're loving God with all of our heart, soul, or mind, and we're loving our neighbors as ourselves, or we're doing anything that is of God, the only way that that can be is if we're abiding in the person of Jesus Christ. It is utterly impossible to take place in any other way. Look back at 1 John chapter 2 and verse 6. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 6 says this. It says, The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. I remember when I was a pastor at Nicholson I got to experience a lot of interesting things when I was in Nicholson. And I never will forget, I was standing out in front of the store and walked up to this lady and started a conversation with this lady. She was under some very apparent influence of some other things. And so as I started talking to this lady, I said, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? She said, I sure do. Blankety, blankety, blank, 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 blankety, blankety, blank, blank. Me and Jesus are just like that. Now, I will not repeat everything she said. But that just set me back a little bit. (laughs) I said, okay. (laughs) But you know, as the Word of God tells us, We're abiding in Jesus. We're going to walk like he walked. Amen? Now, do we do that perfectly? No. We don't. I don't. You don't. None of us do. But it ought to be evident that he has an influence on our life. It ought to be evident that he's at work within our life. It ought to be evident that we are walking with the person of Jesus Christ. Amen? Another time we had this group, and I was a pastor of Bethel, we had this group come in, they were called Team Impact. The big old bulky guys, I mean muscles on top of muscles, big old guys, I mean they could lift like... I don't know, several hundred pounds, and I mean they 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 would come in there and they would break a whole bunch of stuff and they would bust blocks and they'd break baseball bats behind their backs and one of the local sheriff's officers, well, in fact, it was the sheriff. It was Joe Stewart at that time. He he put handcuffs behind his back and he just busted right out of them like there was there was nothing to it. And so you know when we when we look at that. Here's these big old guys. I remember after that Sunday morning service, I took all of them out to eat. Walked into Devos. We went to a buffet. <laughs> Amen. Walked in there, and I'm walking in front of them. And I walked a little taller a little more bowed out, a little, a little more puffed up than I normally walked because I had these big old M1 woman. She was big, too. And I tell you what, makes you walk a little different when you're walking with those folks. Mm-hmm. Amen? Makes, makes you feel a little bit more confident when you're walking with those folks. Nobody's going to mess with you. Amen? Amen? Well, to walk differently when we're walking with Jesus Christ, shouldn't we? That's good. And if we're not, Friend, something's wrong. Not only is something wrong, something is badly wrong. Jesus has not had an impact or an influence in your life that has caused you to leave your ways and start pursuing His way. That's an unbiblical faith. That is an unbiblical walk. In fact, let me show you a few scriptures real quick of what a biblical faith is, what a biblical walk is. Galatians 2.20. I know I've repeated this quite a few times, but only usually only quote half of the verse. I want, to, I want to share with you the whole verse. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. And so that's the part I usually quote right there. And here it is, as the Apostle Paul said, I've died to me. I've died to Paul, but I've come alive to Jesus. But then he continues and goes on. He says, in the life which I now live, in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. That's why I'm living the way I'm living because of what Jesus Christ has done in me. Romans chapter 6, verse 3 and 4 says this. It says, Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in the newness of life. all life's dead. We've got a brand new life to be walking in now. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. And I could go on and on and on and on and on, because the Bible is so clear about this subject. We don't keep walking down that same old path. No, we changed paths. We're now on a walk with Jesus. And walking a good walk isn't what saves you because you can't walk a good walk apart from Jesus. It is faith in Jesus and pursuit of Jesus is what saves us. Amen? And this is what Jesus had to say in Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. He said, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must. He must, is what Jesus said. If, if anyone wishes to come after me, in other words, if you want to follow Jesus Christ, He said you must, He must deny Himself, take up His cross. What is a cross? It's an instrument of death. So I've denied myself, I've died to myself, and follow me. Daily. Jesus said you must. That is non optional to denying yourself, taking up your cross, that instrument of death, and following Jesus daily. Jesus said that's the requirements of following Him. I didn't say that. That's not a Baptist doctrine. Well, it is, but that's not something Baptists come up with. Jesus said that. So what kind of impact and influence is Jesus having on your life today? Dale and I went to the fair this past Friday. We used to go to the fair every year. We used to always bring our girls. Now they're bringing their children. Franklinton Fair, out there, Washington Parish Free Fair. We'd go to the free fair and come home broke every time. But if you get in free, just everything else is going to cost you an arm and leg once you get in there. Amen. So we'd go down to the fair every year, and it was just part of what we just did it every year, family tradition. Well, I hadn't been in five years. My health wouldn't allow me to go, but we went this past go-around. But I remember years and years and years ago, we went long before CDs. Nobody had any idea what CDs are. Now a lot of the young folks don't know what CDs are, so we've, we've even gotten past that now. Long before CDs, we had record players. And I had my Montgomery Ward record player and it had an 8-track up in it. And I remember going there one year, went into this booth, and this booth, they'd record. You could either talk into it or they had certain songs that you could sing. I guess the pre-karaoke karaoke I went into that booth. They had these little bitty cardboard records. They was only about that big. Little bitty cardboard records and wax was on top of those little cardboard records. And when you spoke into that or sang into that, it engraved the sound of your voice into that wax. You could take it home, put it on your own personal record player, Think to yourself as you hear yourself singing, I thought I sounded better than that. (laughs) Or talking, whatever it was. You see, when people come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, He engraves His very person into your heart. Where you're no longer talking your talk or singing your song, but you're talking his talk and you're singing his song. Amen? Whose talk are you talking today? Whose song are you singing today? Right now as the praise team makes their way up this direction, friends, don't play games with that question. Don't play games with that question. I just found out the other day that somebody that I know very well, been in church her whole life, got saved, and that surprised me. She's a good person. Never did anything bad that I really that I knew of. At church, every time the doors are open, served. A worker in the church, she was there all the time. Found out she got saved. You know what she said? And she goes to another church. She don't go here, but she goes to another church. She said... I've been knowing I wasn't saved for a long time. Long time. But my pride wouldn't let me surrender to Jesus. Friend, put that pride to the side. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, come to know Him. I know pastors that while they were pastors that got saved. (laughs) No matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior when everything's summed up, none of it's going to matter. Would you stand this morning? As a Christian, are you pursuing Him? Are you actively, daily, denying yourself, taking up your cross and following Him? If not, as a Christian, you get right with the Lord. But if today you don't know that you know that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you do know that you don't know Him, would you come to know Him today? Receive Jesus Christ. Come up here. I'll be more than happy to lead you to the Lord. You come as God so stirs your heart.